Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 47 of the John Riley Project. It's Thursday, May 2nd, 2019. And we're going to talk today about the terrible event that happened here in Poway at the Congregation Chabad of Poway. Um, and that was uh, last Saturday. And, you know, I just really want to talk this through. Um, you know, when we started this podcast, you know, I made a point that this is a podcast for Poway and it's a podcast for Rancho Bernardo and a podcast for Rancho Penasquitos and Forest Ranch and Carmel Mountain Ranch and Saber Springs and Westwood and Del Sur. It, this is a podcast for our community. Um, and we need to talk these things through. And that's what I want to do today. Um, I've got a couple of thoughts about it and, um, you know, I think as a community, we're all still reeling from this. This happened on Saturday. It's five days ago. Um, but we, it's going to take a long time to heal. Um, I think talking these things through is, is one way we can heal. And um, I welcome your thoughts. In fact, I welcome you to join me. Um, if you'd like to sit down and have a conversation here in the podcast, I welcome your input. I'd like to learn your thoughts on the issue. Um, and we can share those thoughts with our community and, and learn from each other. Um, but, you know, I after, you know, the whole shock of the incident that happened on Saturday, um, it's taken me a while to really think it through. You know, um, I was I was actually on that Saturday. I was out running around doing some honeydews, getting some things to fix some stuff in my backyard. And um, I heard the, the news on Twitter that there was a shooting. And uh, when I found out it was at the Chabad, I mean, that's like one mile from my house, um, really close. Um, and then, you know, as the Saturday unfolded and we got more detail, it was just it was unbelievable. And, you know, and then as a community, we were learning, gathering the facts. The facts were a little bit elusive in the in the initial uh, hours. Um, and then things began to settle down, began to understand what really happened. Uh, but as a community, we're still wounded. Um, we're still feeling pain. People are trying to come to terms with it. People are trying to understand it. People are trying to comfort the people that need comforting. People are trying to figure out solutions on how we solve the problem. And there's just, there's a lot going on. And, you know, on Monday, I thought, you know, this would be something good to talk about in the podcast. But even on Monday, my mind, I was still confused. You know, I, I was, there was still some chaos in my head. And then um, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it yet. I'm, I'm not, my thoughts aren't organized. And then I said, okay, then I'll do something on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I thought, hey, my thoughts are really organized now. And then I was interacting with more people in the community, both in person and in social media. And I realized that I, you know, I still had some learning to do. And, um, and even now, today, it's Thursday. And, you know, I still haven't come to terms with a lot of this. I still haven't figured things out. I have my own thoughts and ideas. But as I interact with others, I learn some different perspectives and those enlighten me and those help me kind of get to a better place. So I want to share some of that with you um, as we go through it. But, you know, let's talk about first what happened. Um, obviously, a, a, a terrible event. Um, you know, a, a shooter who's from Rancho Penasquitos, just on the other side of the freeway, um, you know, he's 19 years old. My son is 19 years old. This kid was 19. I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, how can a 19-year-old have, especially a 19-year-old who's apparently raised in a really good family, his father was, is a retired teacher at Mount Carmel High School. 
how does a person get radicalized so quickly on this sort of thing? I mean, that's it's, it's really strange. I mean, we're, we're learning about this as it's all unfolding. But, you know, a wonderful woman, you know, Lori Gilbert Kay was killed. And I, I didn't know her, but I have friends that knew her. And the reports are this woman was special. You know, um, she was like an angel. She was um, helpful in her community, helpful in um, her synagogue. Um, he, you know, and, and she was actually trying to save the rabbi. She, like a, she was like a Secret Service agent, like jumped in and took the bullet. Um, unbelievable. Uh, so this is a special woman who lost her life. The rabbi was injured. Um, he lost, you know, a finger, um, you know, and, and then there were two others that were, that were hurt. And one of them was an eight-year-old child that was hurt. Um, so just innocent life that was damaged, um, an innocent life that was lost. And all of us that weren't physically harmed, we're all emotionally scarred from this. So um, it's unbelievable. And then, you know, hats off to the, you know, I guess there were some people that were at the Chabad that when this was unfolding, they went after the shooter and actually drove him out of the a synagogue and which eventually led to his capture by the police. So, you know, there were some brave people there that helped prevent this event from becoming far worse. Um, so, I mean, just, it's unbelievable. But it, the, the shock is, is incredible. I mean, I, you know, we, my, uh, my, my friend, my frequent guest here on the podcast, Pete Neald, he, he called it an entire town's very bad eureka moment. And, and we talked about eureka moments in a previous podcast. Those are those inflection points in life where suddenly everything takes a radical turn. Uh, this is one of them. And for a lot of us, we're doing a lot of introspective thinking and we're coming to terms with this and more deeply understanding it. And he's right. It wasn't a eureka moment for our whole community here in Poway. Um, but it's just, it's just unbelievable that Poway is now one of those cities like Orlando or Pittsburgh or Christchurch or um, Columbine or Sandy Hook. It's just one of those mass shooting cities. And it's particularly one of the mass shooting cities that happened in a place of worship. So here, our little, you know, city in the country, 50,000 people, you know, generally kind of a, you know, a, how do I say this? Just a really nice, friendly community um, suddenly is on this list. And, you know, for some of us in Poway, we can't believe it. And, and now we, every time we turn on the news, you're hearing people say Poway all the time. Um, and it's, it's unbelievable. Um, here we have the president of the United States is mentioning Poway, which is, I mean, who in a million years would have ever thought this would occur here? But here we are. Um, but it, it's great to see that the community has been rallying. I mean, it's been wonderful. Um, you know, immediately, you know, people had organized a vigil at Valverde Park, you know, which is also really close. You know, the, the Chabad about a mile from my house, um, Valverde Park, just down the street from the Chabad. Uh, immediately, um, there was a, a vigil there. Uh, where the community came together. Um, then there was another really large vigil at Poway High School. 4,000 people showed up. Um, a lot of our um, you know, local leaders were there that spoke. Uh, Poway came together. And you expect that. I mean, because there's so many good people in this community. 
Um, so that was great to see. And then you're seeing a lot of others. If you go on social media, people are organizing events. I know there's one coming up um, here shortly where people are going to be lining up on the intersection of Pomerado and Rancho Bernardo Road, um, you know, kind of a link of people, like a chain of people showing their solidarity um, for um, the Chabad, for you know, the Jewish community in general, but people coming out, really expressing love um, and driving out hate. So you love seeing this. You hate that it has to come from an incident like this, but it's great to see people coming together. So there's some positives that are coming out of this, which is good. Um, But uh, yeah, let's talk about some of our leaders. Um, Mayor Steve Voss, he's the mayor of Poway. I mean, immediately he's been thrust into the national spotlight, you know, as the spokesperson for Poway, as he should be. He's the mayor. And, you know, I'll give Mayor Voss credit. You know, he's um, really his tone has been really spot on. He's been there to heal, um, there to show empathy, um, there to put his arm around a grieving person. Um, He's showing love. Um, He's caring and that's the tone that you like to see from our civic leaders. I love seeing that. So Mayor Voss, uh, tip of the cowboy hat to you. Um, I like that. I like what you're doing there. Um, and, you know, you have a history of doing that. You've been doing that for a while, bringing people together. Well, now suddenly everything's accelerated. Everything's amplified. Um, but you're striking the right tone. Um, but the other person that I really want to highlight, and I've spoken about her in the past, is um, the superintendent of Poway Unified School District, and that's Dr. Marion Kim Phelps. Um, she spoke at the Poway Vigil, and you know she was commenting how this week was the No Place for Hate week because she's implementing policies within her school district to drive out hate. And I give her great credit for this. In fact, um, you know I spoke about her in a previous podcast when we had that terrible. Um, anti-Semitic event that happened in Poway in December, um, where, you know, she immediately spoke up and there was a guest column and she talked about the things that we need to be doing in our community. And she was so spot on. So um, I was it was great to see her speaking out. And I know there were a lot of other um, leaders that were at that event. People came together. They cried together. They prayed together. And um, it's good to see that. Um, I was I was pleased to see that. Um, but, you know, you know, and, and even the, the rabbi, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the rabbi from the Chabad, he's now in Washington, D.C., and I guess there's a National Day of Prayer. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, people I'm, I'm sure are going to be showing the love to him. Um, but it's, it's just unbelievable that it's come to this, and it's Poway is in this, which is just amazing. Um, so, you know, how do we go forward? And I've been talking with people, um, friends, neighbors, both in person and in social media, and everyone's coming forward and people are almost tripping over themselves, um, you know, offering up ideas, um, sharing their thoughts. And it's good to see this conversation. Uh, people, um, people coming up with some really good ideas or having some really unique insight. And this is one angle that I really want to talk about is uh, right when the, uh, the shooting occurred, you heard people say, including our mayor, um, that said, this is not Poway. And I'm thinking, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, because, you know, at the Poway vigil, 
people were saying, this is Poway. That's when everyone comes together. But, you know, we need to accept reality. Um, we need to understand that while Poway is kind of this kind of idyllic community with the lowest crime rate in San Diego County, with a good school district, with good um, community values, good neighbors. It's a great place to raise a family. That's why we live here. Um, Poway still has a dark side. I mean, we, we can't look the other way. We have to understand that it exists. And when people say, this is not Poway, well, I hate to say it, but it is Poway. The reality is, is that Poway has got good and bad, just like any other community does, just like any other part of the United States does. You know, there's, there's often a dark side. You've got to turn over a few rocks and you'll discover it. Sometimes, unfortunately, they come out in full force like they did on Saturday. Now, granted, this gentleman, I'm not even going to call him a gentleman, this young punk, 19-year-old kid that, did the, that committed this terrible act of violence, he's actually not from Poway, but he's from Rancho Penasquitos, just like five miles away, like on the other side of the freeway. So it's part of our community in general. So you just hate to see this. Um, but I think we have to come to grips with what's real. You know, um, a, a great quote is, um, is from, the, from NFL head coach Bill Parcells. Remember, he was the head coach of the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. And he said, you are what your record says you are. Like, oh my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, so I think the first thing we need to do is accept reality. You know, it's, I don't know if you ever heard of the book. It's a really good business book, and it's called um, From Good to Great. It's an awesome book. Um, one of the things that they talk about there is you have to confront the brutal facts. You have to live in reality, and we can't just look the other way when these kinds of terrible things happen. Now, granted, when there's a shooting, it's like, boom. I mean, it's like right in our face. But we have to understand that these kinds of things happen at on much smaller scales, low, much lower degrees. Sometimes people might think it's idle chatter, but we've got to call this out. We've got to accept the reality. We have to understand that it's real, that there is a dark, there are some dark places in our community, and we've got to accept it. We have to understand it. We have to understand that it, it's real and it exists, and then we have to confront it every time that it does, no matter where you see it. Um, you know, and there are people in our community that are doing just that. I mean, the Garnier family, they're, they're, they're constantly doing that, um, is calling out that kind of evilness and that kind of ugliness that exists. And we really need to identify it, understand it, and drive it out um, where we see it. So you've got to understand reality. We've got to start there. The other thing people have been talking about is showing love, right? We've got to, uh, you know, help people, welcome people. It's Sometimes it's just you know, getting out there and being friendly. And, and that's good. I mean, we definitely need to do that. We need to be neighborly. And one of the, one of the great quotes, um, it, it's a little bit of a, a fun angle to it, but from the movie uh, Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze's character, he used to say, be nice. Um, and we just need to be nice. And Poway, 99.9% of the time is nice. I mean, this is a really nice community. Um, can we do more of it? Absolutely. Um, and, um, will that help? I, yeah, I think every little bit helps. Um, you know, other people have been talking about more cultural events and celebrations. Um, so people are made aware of different 
religions, different traditions, different lifestyles. You, I've heard people say we should hang banners on the streets, on the you know the light posts during Pride Week. Um, we should have um, more um, multicultural, multi-religion celebrations, um, so people can get a deeper understanding of the Jewish faith, um, a deeper understanding of, um, you know, other lifestyles of other traditions and cultures. And I think that's good. I think that definitely helps. Um, I, I've often, you know, it's funny. I, I believe this is a thought I've always had is you hear people say we should never have religion in the schools. And what they mean by that is, you know, we shouldn't have religious indoctrination in schools, but we definitely absolutely need to be teaching kids about all these different religions so people can understand them, you know, so people understand the Jewish faith and why that what their traditions are and why they worship how they worship and the same thing with Christians and Muslims and everything I think that's healthy for us to understand to become educated um, can the our community put on events like that yeah sure uh, I think that could definitely help um, but you know people have said well yeah you know that's going to make all the good people feel good and we're we're all going to come together but there are still some people that are in a dark place they're in a dark spot how do we reach them? It's not easy. Oh, hi, Nona. It's my dog, Nona. She just joined us. Um, how do we reach those people that are in um, a dark spot? And it's hard to reach them. And, you know, these kinds of cultural events, um, we may never reach them. But what we can do is influence our community, and maybe we can indirectly reach them. And that's, those are positive things we can do. But certainly that in and of itself isn't going to... You know, it's not a magic wand that's going to erase all kinds of hate. It's it's really it's going to be hard to do. Um, this is just going to take due diligence. Um, you know, people have said, well, hate has existed since the dawn of mankind. And it has. I mean, people have aligned themselves in these various tribes and there's been hate. We have to keep fighting against it. Um, it has to it has to just be continually um, something that we're, you know, incrementally ratcheting and getting better at. Um, but we need to have some difficult conversations. And this is one of the things that Dr. Kim Phelps spoke about. Um, we have to be able to talk about this. And a great place to start is at the dinner table. Um, when you're talking with your children, uh, when you're educating your kids about the right way to interact with others, including people that might be different than you, that might worship differently, that might look differently, that might have a different lifestyle than you? How do you engage? How do you interact with different people? Um, what, when you look at what happened at the Chabad, why was this person so enraged? I think we have to teach this um, to young people so that they can have a better understanding. The more we talk about it, I think the better, the better we're going to be overall. Because we don't want to hide it. We don't want to pretend that it doesn't exist. We need to put it out in the open. You know, sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? We've got to put it all out on the open and work our way through it. And that's one of the things I really want to do in this podcast. And I'll say it again. If you'd like to join me on this podcast and talk this through, I'd love to have you. Um, and we can chat about it and share our conversation with our community. Um, but I think the more we talk it through, the better. So we should be talking with our neighbors. We should be talking with people that we interact with at the Little League field or at the softball field or at the basketball gym. 
people we see in the grocery store, people we see in our church or synagogues, places of worship, um, wherever we interact with people, we need to talk about these things. And it's, and it's common, you know, people will say, well, I don't like to talk about politics or religion. I think we have to get beyond that. Um, I think we do need to be able to talk about politics and religion, but we need to do it in a respectful way, in a civil way, in a way that makes sense. This is what I'm trying to do in this podcast. Maybe there are little things that you can do, um, but I think we can't, we can't address it. We've got to confront the brutal facts, like in the book, Good to Great. Um, we've got to accept reality, and we've got to talk it through. And that's the only way we're going to eventually, s- I don't know if we'll ever perfectly solve the problem. I don't think we'll ever eradicate hate, but it's the best way that we'll be able to drive it out um, is by being able to talk about it, educate and influence others so that um, we can ultimately be in a place where that kind of negativity is diminished um, or made so insignificant it almost becomes irrelevant. Um, What are some of my ideas on this? I think, let's talk about first about Dr. Kim Phelps, because she had four really concrete ideas that she laid out in a guest column in the Pomerado News um, in the San Diego Union-Tribune. This was back in December of last year after the the hate crime in Poway. Back then, it was the first day of Hanukkah. Someone spray-painted a swastika on the side of a Jewish family's home. Right after, the, it was on the first day of Hanukkah, they just hung up their Hanukkah de- decorations. It was a terrible event. People in the community came out in force, and it was good to see that. Uh, but she, she didn't back down. Uh, Dr. Kim Phelps said that we have to have these ongoing, difficult conversations. And she's right, absolutely right. Um, she says that adults need to model the right behavior. Oh, perfect. You know, adults need to model that behavior for their children. Uh, coaches need to model that behavior for their athletes. Um, and even adults need to model good behavior for other adults. Um, so we just need to do a check of ourselves and make sure that we're not only, um, basically that we're, we're walking the walk more than just talking the talk, right? Um, we've got to be able to exhibit model behavior. Um, Dr. Kim Phelps spoke a lot about breaking down stereotypes. Uh, to me, this is perfect. Um, this is the, a big issue for me. Um, and, you know, because she says that, you know, when you assign a stereotype to a group of people, you know, it's basically you're judging a whole, a whole group of people with one sweeping generalization, often negative. Um, that's a disservice to every individual in that group. Um, because when you say that group, you know, whether it's defined by race or gender or sexual orientation or religion, if you just make a, a sweeping um, wave of the hand and say that whole group is bad and that whole group is good, um, you're, it, it's irrational. I mean, you're assigning a value to a whole group of individuals that may not align with that value. Um, that's what sets off all this craziness that we're seeing um, in these, uh, you know, these religious battles, these lifestyle battles that we're seeing all across the United States, uh, racial battles, it's because of these stereotypes. She wants to break those down. Um, and then she finally said, you know, be, don't be a bystander, be an upstander. So when you see this sort of thing happen, stand up. And she did that. She wrote the article. She spoke out at the Poway Vigil. She does that in her school district. She's implemented No Place for Hate. She's putting things in place in her school district to try to drive out hate. 
So stand up to it. So as, as individuals, when we're out in the community, you know, maybe we're overhearing a conversation at a grocery store or at a, at a, um, at a party or some other event. And sometimes these might seem like an idle thought or a, or a foolish joke, you know, and sometimes people can get away with this sort of thing because they, they cloak it, um, in a, in humor, but it's not funny, you know? So when people are making comments that are disparaging to a group based on their race, creed, religion, ethnicity, you know, whatever the category is, we got to call that out and we've got to break that down. So be an upstander. And that's just what I'm trying to do in this podcast. I'm putting myself out here and inviting conversation um, because I think we've got to confront the brutal facts. We've got to accept reality and we've got to figure out a way to drive out these negative influences. Um, but I think let's, if you want to take that breakdown stereotypes piece a little bit further, um, is this topic of identity politics. Um, so when you look at identity politics, this is where people, again, will categorize a whole group and then assign a value judgment to that group. And then that gets sort of um, launched into the political conversation. Um, and we see this from both the lovers and the haters. So amongst the haters, it's obvious. Okay. You got a guy like this, this 19 year old punk that shot up these people in, um, in the Chabad here in Poway. He made a judgment that all Jews are bad. And then he went out and started taking out individuals who, by the way, were good. They were good people. Um, this is where he was using identity politics in a hateful way. You see this in, um, other people that are, you know, racist or bigoted or, and they're actually even putting forth, you know, policies in their community to, discriminate against these people and harm them and damage them in the political sphere. But you also see it being used um, by politicians um, that are um, using the politics of race, of gender, of, um, of sexual orientation, of religion, and spinning them in negative ways. Um, in my opinion, we see some of this from President Trump, sometimes directly, other times indirectly. Um, but, uh, we, we see this from other leaders, um, and they're spun from a hateful position. Um, that's obvious. Those are usually pretty easy to call out, but we also see the, this notion of identity politics from the, the lovers. And I'll call these the people that are sort of do-gooders, right? They're the ones that are embracing, um, you know, the support of these oppressed groups. So they're coming there to rally, to support. Um, and again, we can go through all the different categories of race and gender and sexual orientation and religion. And they're there to support each of those groups. But it sometimes almost gets inflamed to a point where there is excessive pride taken in their group identity that it ends up 
dividing people into all these different groups, and they all battle amongst each other. Um, Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report calls it an oppression Olympics to see which group is most oppressed and which group is the oppressor. Um, and it creates this sort of irrational um, discussion where it gets to the point where you start hearing people saying that the problem are white people. And I'm going, what are you doing? (laughs) You're taking this way too far. Um, Just as we should never have a disparaging, you know, remark castigating an entire race, whether they're black or brown or some other color, we shouldn't be doing it to people of white race either. We need to get beyond this notion of Um, of making these stereotypes, blaming huge categories of people without looking at the individual. Um, A really, you know, one of the the greatest speeches in American history was Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And there's one phrase from that that's frequently quoted. It's just so perfect. And again, I'm going to paraphrase it. I won't get it exactly right. But he said, um, I have a dream. Um, that my three young daughters will be judged not on the color of their skin, but instead on the content of their character. And so what he's saying is, is that we need to judge them as individuals based on their own traits, based on their own actions, based on their own character. That makes so much sense. Um, But we've gotten to a point where people are so quick to define and categorize people based on all these different group definitions, that it's, it's, it creates this um, um, excessively emotional, sometimes irrational conversation. Um, so, you know, again, Dr. King got it right in so many ways. I mean, he often would speak about the Declaration of Independence, and he would quote from it. He would say, all men are created equal, and they are ordained by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, I mean, it's so perfect because Dr. King was talking about we all need to have equal rights. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't saying we need to have special rights for this group and different rights for that group. He was really looking at having us all equal under the law and judging us each individually. And that's what those inalienable rights are. And, and I talk about this by podcast. I mean, the overarching um, uh, kind of, um, uh, what's the word for it? The, um, the, the overarching theme to this podcast, my higher purpose for this podcast, is really about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when Dr. King is quoting from the Declaration of Independence, which in my opinion is one of the most moral documents in human history. I mean, it was basically saying we should be able to rule ourselves and we as individuals, we have rights. Um, He was saying that we all have the right to our own life. We all have the right to liberty and the right to pursue our own happiness. And it doesn't mean that we have that right or you have that right. It means that person and that person and that person. We all have those same rights. So I often thought is that if we can get to that place where we can respect individuals for who they are as an individual, regardless of their religion, their skin color, their gender, their sexual orientation, and just connect with them individually, we're going to be in a better spot. Um, because, you know, the, 
the people that were killed, the, the woman from Poway that was killed in the Chabad, she has a right to her own life. But yet this person, this scumbag, took her out and, and, to, and, and took away her right to her own life. It's just wrong. Um, and I think if we see it as wrong on that basis, that we all have individual rights, that we all should be judged as individuals. Now, if I had the magic wand, which I know there is no you know, singular solution to this, but to me, this is a big thing. If we can get beyond all of this um, group identity uh, politics, which we will get rid of these haters, right? Um, we'll be able to get rid of um, anti-Semitism. We'll be able to get rid of um, racism, um, we'll be able to get rid of people that take out um, these terrible actions against, you know, the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, if we can get to the point where we're judging people on the character of the individual. Now, I know I'm off on a little bit of a tangent here as it relates to the, um, the, the Chabad here in Poway and the terrible incident that occurred. But I think this is one aspect of many. There's one more thing I want to talk about, and it's free speech. Um, you know, in fact, there was an article that was in the Union Tribune a few days ago, and it was from a person, and I think they were, they were from, a, from Europe, and they were saying, maybe it's time to limit free speech. Uh, maybe we need to say certain things cannot be said, because in Germany... Um, it's illegal to, I think, show a swastika or to say that the Holocaust didn't exist. I mean, obviously, that's just nonsense. Um, and obviously, a swastika is hate speech. We know that here in Poway because that happened in Poway. You know, confront the brutal facts. Your record is what you're, you are, what your record says you are. Um, but some people want to shut down free, um, free speech, but they do it under the cloak of we want to shut down hate speech. Well, I think we have to be careful here. Um, I think that we have a First Amendment. And what that means is, is that the government cannot shut down speech. That's important. Um, because if the authorities can shut down speech, that indirectly means they can shut down the way we think. Um, it also means they can shut down um, you know, political speech that you know, doesn't match what they want to hear. Um, but really as it pertains to this situation here in Poway, um, we need to embrace free speech. We need to embrace people speaking out on this so we can learn and so we can understand. Everyone's going to have a slightly different take on this. Um, even in my interactions on social media, I learned from other people. I shared my thoughts, they shared theirs, and I learned a little bit and my thoughts evolved. Um, there was one person on Facebook, I can't remember her name, and I, I was talking about how we need to have tolerance. You know, if we, have, if we respect individual rights then, and we, we have a live and let live mentality, which is really what I'm all about, then ultimately that's about tolerance. And this person, and forgive me, I forgot her name, but she said, we have to go beyond tolerance. We have to have an understanding you know, or an acceptance, um, and then eventually an understanding. And she's right. Um, 
So I think the more we talk these things through, the better. But I think even for people that have hateful speech, we should never condone it. We should drive it out. We should um, uh, address it and confront it head on. But we've got to be careful. Um, We can't make it illegal. Um, Because when we do, we go down a slippery slope of making other categories of speech illegal, and then suddenly we're in a very bad place. I think when people are speaking out and they're speaking out negatively and they're, they're speaking out with hate speech, one part of it is at least we can identify who those people are. And then we can go after them and we can um, work to influence them We can work to keep an eye on them and make sure that they don't transform hate speech into violence. Or in many cases, we need to drive them out if it it comes to that. Um, But the good news is, is that as long as speech remains free, we'll be able to identify those crazies. And then we'll be able to address the situation. Because if we make it illegal, then we just drive it deeper and deeper underground and then, and then it explodes in very negative ways. So free speech is important. But, you know, th- there is no magic wand to this. There is no simple solution. It's just going to require diligence. We're going to have to keep addressing it. We're going to have to, when we see it, we're going to have to identify it. We're going to have to call it out. We're going to have to learn from each other. We're going to have to respect one another. We're going to have to show love to one another. Um, But I hope we can talk it through. I invite you to join me here on this podcast. I have a seat right here. There's a glass of water right here for you. Join me and let's talk about this. If you have something to say, if you have a different angle than I do, if you want to share your thoughts, I welcome you. And we can talk it through. And I think um, I would enjoy learning from you. And... um, I think our community would enjoy hearing what you have to say. And let's start this dialogue. Let's keep this dialogue going because I think we're all going to be better for it. All right. So um, what else? Um, I'll just put in my standard plug for the uh, for this podcast, for the John Riley Project. Uh, please join me on social media. Um, I have uh, my Facebook page, John Riley Project. I have a special um uh, Facebook page called the John Riley Project Insiders Group. You can request to be admitted. I, I let everyone in, uh, but you just got to answer a couple of questions and um, and join us there. And I have bonus content that I share in my uh, Insiders Group. It's a, a Facebook group, so please join me there. Um, I uh, have a uh, Twitter page, an Instagram page. I'm in the middle again of kind of starting up another little bit of a social media campaign where I put out quotes of people that inspire me. Um, so most of them are serious. Sometimes I have some fun ones in there. And, um, you know, if you like what you see there, you know, you can share them. I, I would enjoy, you know, having interaction with you on social media. That's always fun. Um, And um, I invite your feedback. And if you have recommended guests, maybe you don't want to be a guest, but maybe you know someone that you would like to have um, the conversation, by all means, reach out to me. You can go to my website, johnreillyproject.com. There you can fill out a form and drop me a note and let me know and recommend some guests. And and we'll reach out to them and and join them. Um, But what can you do um, if if you like what we're doing here uh, with this podcast project? 
you know, share it with a friend, um, listen or watch to, you know, all these episodes. This is our 47th episode. Um, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep cranking these things out. Um, because I think it's important. Um, it's really, I enjoy doing it. Um, for me, I, I enjoy sharing my views. I enjoy learning from our guests. Um, I enjoy the conversation. Um, I've met some amazing people through this podcast. Um, I enjoy doing it. Um, and if you are enjoying it as well, you know, share it with a friend. If you're listening on iTunes, um, you can leave a review. Um, leave like a you know, you can go up to five stars, leave whatever star review you think is necessary. Um, write a paragraph, a couple of sentences of what you think of the podcast. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, click on the subscribe button. That'd be helpful. Um, so there are things you can do to help. Um, and then um, what else? Um, like I said, I, I'm going to keep cranking these things out. I, I one, one, There's a padre I love talking about, Chris Paddock. He's the rookie. And on his glove is... Uh, the, um, the phrase that he really embraces, and it's called relentless. And I'm just going to keep being relentless myself. I just want to keep sharing, keep um, initiating discussion, because uh, I think it's good. I think it's healthy uh, for our community. And I think the more we can um, engage, connect, learn, the more we're going to grow. And I think the better we're all going to be. So um, I want to leave with a final quote. This is a good one. This one came up in some of my interactions this morning, and it's from the wise words of a uh, a, a man who <laughs> I don't think he realized he was going to um, be thought of in a positive way. I mean, he, but it's uh, it's Rodney King. You remember Rodney King? Um, he was um, the subject of a, a brutal attack by the Los Angeles police uh, back in the early '90s, and that sparked riots in, in Los Angeles. But one of the things he said was, can't we all just get along? And isn't that right? Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just respect one another? Can't we all have a live and let live mentality? And can't we learn from each other? Can't we just all get along? So I'll leave that quote from Rodney King as my sign off. So saying goodbye on Thursday, May 2nd. Uh, This is episode 47 of the John Riley Project. Thank you for joining me and we'll be back. Bye-bye.